Welcome home. As you listen to New Life the Fort, may you continue to experience the fullness of joy, life, and Christ in the days ahead. Psalm 91. 1 to 8. Says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him I will trust. Surely, He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night nor of the arrow that flies by day nor of the pestilence that walks in, new, in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Father, here we are, your beloved children, your sons and daughters, sitting at your feet today, dwelling in your presence. This is our home. This is where we belong. And in this place, it is a place of safety, of security, of stability. It's a place where impossible can become possible. It's this place of knowing that you are for me and not against me. A place of relationship and deep intimacy. So as we come to hear the word today, open up our eyes to see beyond the words written on a page. Cause our hearts to hunger and begin to understand as your spirit brings illumination of it. What it means to us personally and what it means that we can express it to the world around us. I pray that every single person here be a demonstration and a manifestation of the fulfillment of your word. That when people see these men, these women, even these children walking and living life they go i want what they have and what we give is we give you so in this time that we have do what you want to do say what you want to say our hearts are ready to receive what it is you want to write upon it today we just want what you want we just want what you want. And we are honored that we can come to the king of all. Not just sit at your feet, but sit on your lap. And rest our head on your chest. And hear, I love you, I love you, I love you. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen. Amen. And so we're just going to continue on talking about full protection. We're going to um, go into a few more of the verses of Psalm 91. Last week, Pastor Alvin got to verse 2. Hopefully, I will get to verse 4. Because in the afternoon services of last week, I only got to verse 1. So, but the word is rich, and I think that's part of it, is that you can mine it and hear it so many times, but there's always something you're going to receive, something even more. And God wants us to dig deep. He wants us to go deeper. He doesn't want us to be satisfied with shallow knowledge. He wants us to come into a place of deep intimacy. And that means that we need to go into him and understand even more what his heart is beating for. And I believe that his heartbeat is for you. And his heartbeat are for the people of the world so that they come to encounter a God that loves them. Not a God who's far away, but a father whose arms are wide open. But he can never force that decision on people. It's always, he's always given us the freedom to make the choice to, to step on in and make a choice or choose to be with him as much as he wants to be with us. He's that much of a gentleman he won't push himself on you. But we begin with Psalm 91 saying, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. See, when we, you make a choice to come into a place to live, that's what it means to dwell, to make your home. But in that home, it's not just about you. It's about the relationship, the abiding, the oneness, the life that is flowing in that place as you come to make that a home. Because it's not just you there. The Father is present. And if we're part of the family, we have brothers and sisters as well. But he comes and he wants us to come into a place where we choose to say, Father, this is where I belong. This is where I want to stay. This is where I find my rest. This is where I grow. This is where I'll increase. In this place where I choose to be in your presence where I choose to be connected with you. I love that word abide because in the amplified version of John 15, and Jesus is talking about the vine and the branches, he talks about a vital union with the branch and the vine. See, a vital union means there's life. And if life is flowing, then fruit will be being produced. And that's what God wants. He wants us to be producing much fruit. Amen? But it comes from being in that place of intimacy with him. See, as children, we have access to come before the throne of God. We can come boldly. Children are bold. They come before their father and say, Daddy, baon. Mommy, I'm hungry. And I don't say, well, you can't go to the refrigerator. No, everything I have is yours. Go ahead. Partake of what is there. As my son, as my daughter, you have every right to do that. And when we come before God, when we come boldly, we're saying, God, we have a problem. And he goes, don't worry, son. Don't worry, daughter. I can take care of it. Do you trust me? See, coming into that place and dwelling in that place means do you trust him? Do you trust him? Do you trust him with your life? See, that's why it says, my God, in whom I will trust, because I have a relationship with him. That's why I can talk about him. I can tell you what my dad is like. My dad has been faithful to me. The picture that I always have and I've always had, even as a child, is that I can get up on Daddy God's lap and just sit there. That's the picture I have. I don't know what it's like for you. 
But that's always the picture that I have, that even in this place of worship, I can literally crawl because I see my daddy as a very big daddy. And I can crawl up into his lap and I can just rest in the crook of his arm and I can just lean my head against his chest and I can hear him speaking to me. And the voice is almost booming. You know when, that, when a voice booms, you can feel it on the inside? That's what it's like for me. I pray that for you as well, that you have that type of encounter, that you come into that place where you know, Lord, Daddy, I'm at rest here. See, that place of abiding is a place of protection. Because it says under the shadow. See, in that place where we walk in the shadow of the, va- uh, the valley of the shadow of death, the Bible says, I don't have to fear because he is with me. Because his shadow is far bigger than the shadow that the world can give and the shadow that the enemy can give. See, as a child, I can hide behind my daddy's back and know that whatever is facing me now has to face my big daddy. And let me tell you, there's nobody stronger, there's nobody greater, there's nobody higher than my daddy. So when the enemy comes... And as a big bully, he likes to taunt. He likes to intimidate. My father just needs to stand there and say, what? Are you sure you want to mess with my daughter? Because if you're going to mess with her, you're going to have to get through me. And let me tell you, nothing's going to move him out of that way. He is a fortress, my refuge that is immovable in that situation. But I have chosen to be there with him in his presence because this is where I know I belong. It's the place that I am welcome home. It's a place where I can, be, I can find refuge. And as a fortress, he surrounds me. And the walls that he builds, nothing can penetrate. And no matter how the storms rage around me, I'm safe in that place. And so when we look at that, you just see that protection is our right as sons and daughters of God. But you see, what happens when we say, Lord, I trust you, then he goes, now I can do what I want to do for you. And because we trust him, we know that it's going to be good. Amen. God doesn't do bad things for us. He can take the bad situations and turn them around for our benefit. We may look at it and go, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this, and I don't know what the outcome will be. God goes, don't worry, I'm with you. So whatever the outcome, you're always on the winning side. Whatever the outcome, you are already victorious. I will take care of you. See, that's it. God takes responsibility once you've said, Lord, I surrender. Lord, I trust in you. My God, I know you. I experience life with you. I've seen you pull through for me. And I'm not going to doubt what's ahead of me because you are with me. So we see this just in the, verse, in the first two verses. But then it moves on to verse 3. That's where we're going to start today, where it begins with surely. After I say, my God, in him I will trust, then he goes, surely. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. I love that word surely because there's no doubt. Surely, it's going to happen. It's a guarantee. 
Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler. What is a snare? A snare is something that you don't even notice. A snare is something that could be hidden or, or a, an unseen trap. It could be something that's very subtle. You don't even realize that it could be something that will grab you and entrap you. Because that's what a snare will do. It will entrap you. It will entangle you. It will cause you much grief. It's a struggle in that place. How many of you know what a Venus flytrap fly is? It's a plant. It's, in fact, a carnivorous plant. Because a Venus flytrap, even as a plant, will open up, and it has in the middle of it what it looks like a pretty flower. And it attracts insects. And of course, insects are, in, are enticed by the beauty that it sees when it doesn't realize that there's danger. And as soon as it gets to that place where it begins to get close to that bud, it snaps shut. They were just now ensnared by beauty or by a pull of the flesh. God wants us to be wise because the enemy is very cunning and he's very subtle. Because if you knew that it was a trap, why would you step into it? Does that make sense? It doesn't. So he's going to make sure that things don't look like they're going to trap you. See, he talks about the snare of the fowler. A fowler is actually someone who is very smart, very wise, and knows how to catch birds. So this person actually lays traps to be able to catch a bird. One of the words for fowler is a bait layer. Now, what is bait? What does bait do? Bait is supposed to attract fish or attract something so that you can lay hold of it and make it yours. And so this fowler or this person that's looking around, setting traps to try to get you, God says, I will deliver you from. I will deliver you from this snare. In Psalm 141, 8 to 10, New Living Translation, it says, I look to you for help, O sovereign Lord. You are my refuge. Don't let them kill me. Keep me from the traps they have set for me, from the snares of those who do wrong. Let the wicked fall into their own nets, but let me escape. Another example of this could be, you know what a mouse trap is, right? Okay, the whole purpose is to trap a mouse. Really, it's meant to kill the mouse. Because as, as that trap shuts, it's supposed to break the neck or break the back of the, of the mouse. Now, what is the bait? Piece of food. A lot of times we see cheese. But it doesn't matter. They're not picky. If there's food, they will go after it. So the food is there to entice the mouse to come out, grab hold of it, and when it does, the trap will shut. Snapshot and break its back. To do what? To kill it. See, the enemy wants to kill us. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He doesn't care if you become a believer. But if he can get you off the face of the earth, then you will not walk in your authority. You will not take dominion as we're supposed to. 
We're not there to, we, he won't, we can't rule and reign as we're meant to. But God wants us to do that. So he wants to deliver us. See, when he delivers us, we also become deliverers for other people. That's where your life is headed, to become the deliverer for someone else. Are you the Savior? No, but you carry the Savior. And the Holy Spirit can give you wisdom to help people make the right decisions. See, because traps or even being enticed can come from people that are around you. They may not even know any better. But because of their, uh, because of their cravings, their fleshly desires, they begin to go after the things that you know are not necessarily good for you. But because they are able to entice you, say, come on, it's not bad. Come on, try it for yourself. Then you can begin to think, well, they seem fine. See, consequences don't happen immediately. They can, but most of the time, they take time. But there are consequences to those decisions that we make that are not in line with the word of God. Does God want to spare us from those consequences? Of course he does. But if you make the choice, and but in the course of it you say, Lord, I need help, you won't feel the full brunt of it. That's what I believe. But there are always consequences. See, in 1 Corinthians 15, it says this about the people you hang out with that could be enticing you to do things you're not supposed to be doing. It says, I'm going to read it in the, in the Passion. It says, so stop fooling yourselves. Evil companions will corrupt good morals and character. But pastor, how can you say that they're evil? Okay, maybe not evil, maybe bad. Bad company corrupts good morals. Now, if they're leading you away from God, then you need to check your relationships. Because you've heard that here. Relationships are a very important part of heading into your destiny. Relationships are like elevators. They either bring you up or they bring you down. So you need to know the people that are part of your company. And we should be encouraging one another to bring each other closer into our relationship with Jesus. That we want to go deeper. We just don't know him. It's like being married to him but having no relationship with him whatsoever. We don't even live in the same house. We don't even get to do things together. There's no intimacy. But we need to be people that are saying, you know what, why don't you get closer? Why don't you go deeper? You know why you go deeper? You'll go higher. We need to be encouraging that relationship. Not saying, oh, look at this. Isn't this nice? If you look at the the book of Proverbs, Proverbs is, of course, a wisdom. All of it is wisdom. Proverbs 7 begins to talk about how wisdom is important. It's a principal thing. It's it's actually something that will lead you into life. But even within that, halfway through it, it begins to talk about the lack of understanding or the lack of wisdom, which is kind of like a woman who is enticing a young man to come in and sleep with her, do things that he shouldn't be doing, even if he knows better, but she's enticed him into that place. And if you end that chapter, it talks about how it leads you to death. 
Pastor, it's supposed to be a hopeful message. There is hope. Focus on Jesus. Don't focus on those desires of wanting to do it this way. It's like, this is not a bad thing per se, except that you can gain a lot of weight and it might be good for your heart, but having more than one piece of chocolate cake. Mm -hmm. Maybe you don't like cake. Maybe it's one more piece of pizza. You end up finding you eat the whole pizza. I'm not talking about the small personal size. I'm talking about the really big ones. But it can start with just one bite. You need to know when to say no. I think that's for some people here because I didn't go in that direction earlier. Could even be for those that are watching on Facebook. You need to know when to say no. You need to become the standard in your group. I don't know who that's for, but I believe you know. You're going, that's me. That's how much God loves you. He will just kind of change a little bit of, this, of the teaching just to get to you. So be the standard in your group. Be the standard in your company. Be the standard in your school. Be the standard. And don't be embarrassed about being the standard. God wants to showcase his people. Jesus is coming back for a glorious bride without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. So it's okay to stand our ground and say, no, we're not doing that. I'm not going to cross this line. Because as bad company corrupts good morals, good company can make you better. Amen. Amen. He goes on to say, think carefully about what is right and stop sinning. Come back to your right senses and awaken to what is right. In fact, the New King James says, awaken to righteousness. Who are you? Know your identity. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And you also have right standing with God because of Christ Jesus. You are right. You don't need to be wrong. You don't want to be in the wrong standing. He made you right. Why do you want to go back there? So you need to know this. Awaken to your identity in Christ. Awaken to who your heavenly father is. Awaken to his desires. Awaken to his dreams. Because they're far better than anything you could ever dream. Awaken to those things. Awaken to a heavenly reality that you can walk out on the earth. Awaken to this. So you need to know. In 2 Timothy 2, verse 3 and 4, it says, You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. See, a soldier is not supposed to be easily distracted by what's going on in the world. He shouldn't be easily enticed to go this way. No, he knows who his commanding officer is. He knows what he's been, the rules that he's been given. He knows what he needs to enforce. And he will not deviate from that. His eyes are ahead to the goal. Now, if you look at that, you can say, well, how am I not to be entangled? What's going to happen? I don't have the strength. Well, praise God that this chapter begins with this. My son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. We don't rely on our ability to say no. We, are, we rely on his grace to give us the empowerment to say no. 
His grace is more than enough. His grace is sufficient. Don't you love that word sufficient? That it builds a barrier, a fortress around you that what's coming against you can't even penetrate it? His grace is that fortress that stands there. So that whatever the enemy is trying to, to break through, if you know you're focused on the grace, it won't bother you. You're not going to open the door to what's out there. You're just going to rest in what's in there. Because that's where his presence dwells. Amen. Amen. So we're not people that get entangled. We don't allow ourselves to get entangled. 1 Corinthians 10, 12 to 13, New Living Translation says, If you think you're standing strong, be careful not to fall. But Pastor, you just said, well, see, if you think you're standing strong in your, in, in your own ability, that's why we focus on his. Because he is far stronger than I am. And so it goes on to say, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. Temptations. Temptations are those ways that the enemy tries to entice you. Temptations look good. They wouldn't tempt you if they didn't look good. If it wasn't something that you actually might want. That's why it's like dangling a carrot and say in front of a horse, it'll move because it's trying to reach that carrot. It's the same with us. It looks good. Come on. Come this way. Oh, we won't fall for that trick. We're not easily deceived. It goes on to say, and God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. So that you can endure. Surely he will deliver you out of the snare of the fowler and the perilous pestilence. When you talk about things that are perilous, it means that it's life-threatening. can result in death. And when we talk about pestilence, we're not just talking about, um, we're not just talking about an, an infectious disease or an epidemic. We're also talking about famines. We're talking about floodings, things that will cause mass destruction. And, or, and, and they happen suddenly. These can even be things that are sudden fatal epidemics. You know, when there, are, when there are plagues. There is a missionary. His name is John G. Lake in the early 1900s. He was actually a missionary to South Africa. And at the time that he was there, the bubonic plague happened. And it was killing thousands of people. But he was there caring for the sick and he was helping to bury the dead. And the English sent physicians there. And they asked him, why haven't you been affected by the plague? Because anybody who comes in contact with a dead body or comes in contact with a sick person is most likely supposed to get the disease and they're going to die themselves. It's just a matter of time. But he was in the prime of his health. He was strong. And so they asked, what is it? What is different about you? And this was his answer. His answer was, I believe that the law of the spirit of life has set me free from this law of sin and death. So, as long as I walk in the light of that law, of the spirit of life, no germ will attach itself to me. What did he know? He knew who was in him. 
He understood his vital union in Christ. That same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead was the same spirit that was alive on the inside of him. And greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And so he was, he, the, of course, you know, the doctors are like, I don't believe you. And so he said, well, put me to the test. So they actually um, got a dead body um, and they got from the lungs, the lung lining, and they put it on his hand. And they put it under a microscope to see what would happen. Under that microscope, the very disease that was killing people was now being killed by something far greater. There was nothing that could attach itself to him. Because who was in him was greater. And he knew it. That's why it's so important for us to know. So important to know who we have, whose we are, and who we are. Because when you know that, then you're unstoppable. And that's why the enemy likes to try to deceive you. Because he doesn't want unstoppable Christians. He doesn't want unstoppable believers. Because people that walk in their authority, people that will rule and reign, are going to deliver the world. If all of creation is waiting for the revealing of the sons of God, then I'm getting ready to say, hey, here I am. Creation, take a look at me. I am a son of God. I am a daughter of God. I will do things as he would do them. I will speak the way he speaks. I am his body upon the earth. I carry the very nature of God on the inside of me. And nothing can stand in my way. Especially the enemy. No mountain too high, no giant too tall, no storm too big that it can rage. I know who's inside of me. And I'm going to tell all of it, get out of my way. Get out of my way. Amen. This is a very different service, praise God. Woo! We went to being loved to being, come on! But that's what love will do. Love will embolden you. Love will empower you. We have not been given a spirit of fear, timidity, or cowardice. We've been given a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. We have a spirit of mastery because we have the master spirit on the inside. Woo! Come on. Jesus, I'm ready. People are like, what? Not yet. It's okay. I'm just saying, I'm ready. Okay. So we have this, that he will deliver you. He'll take responsibility for you. There will be no snare. Keep your eyes on him. He will lead you. He leads his sons and he leads his daughters. That's what the spirit of God will do. Because we're ever focused on him. Our attention is on him, not on the distractions of the world. Verse, uh, verse 4. Yes, we're moving along. Verse 4. It says, he shall cover you with his feathers. And under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. I love that he will cover you. He covers you as a defense. He covers you as if he, one of the meanings is to um, entwine as a screen. What does a screen do? It keeps out the bugs. It keeps out all of those things that are unnecessary, irritations that would bother us. And so you have him saying, I'll cover you with my feathers. I don't know about you, but I used to ask God, are you a bird? Because there's so many references of feathers and wings. And, but God's just painting a picture. 
Because birds care for their young. And the way they do is they hide them in their wings. They cover them with their wings. And that's what God does with us. Psalm 5, 11 to 12, New Living Translation says, But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. We're supposed to be so full of joy in that place because it is our refuge. No storm can touch us. No giant can intimidate us. No mountain will be in our way. It's a place where we can find security and stability and strength in this place of refuge. So why not rejoice? Then it goes on to say, let them sing joyful praises forever. Spread your protection over them, that all who love your name may be filled with joy. For you bless the godly, O Lord. You surround them with your shield of love. See, love brings the joy in. Love brings the security in. Love brings the stability in. It is his love that surrounds you. When we talk about grace surrounding you like a shield, grace is his love in action. It was his divine demonstration. We didn't, we didn't do anything to earn his love. He loved us first. And his love wraps around us like a shield. I love this because God really takes the responsibility when you want to get to know him, when you want to spend time with him. When you ask him a question, he'll answer you. Moses was very bold. Although Moses was in the Old Testament, Moses was bold enough to say, show me your glory. I want to see your glory. And God tells him, you can't see me face to face, but I will take you and put you on a high rock. And then I will put you in the cleft of the rock and I will put my hand upon you so that when I pass by, what you will see is not my face, but my back. Everything that I've already done. You'll see that. But I love how God takes the responsibility for that. Moses, I want to see your glory. I want to see your manifested goodness. I want to see you face to face. And God goes, well, I'm going to put you in a high place. I'm going to put you on a rock. That applies to us today. Who is that high place for us? We are seated in the high places because of Christ. We are in him. He is in us. We are seated with him in the high places. He is the rock. He is immovable. There is nobody more stable. He is very secure. Nothing will move him. And we're seated with him. We're put in that high place. But God didn't just stop there with Moses. He put him inside. Inside the rock. Have you ever tried to get inside a rock? But God puts him inside the rock. I think that's even safer than being on the rock. And then God puts his hand on it. See, God's hand rests on you and me because we are in Christ. But see, Moses was only able to see his backsides. God shows us everything. Because now in Christ, we can see him face to face. He doesn't hide his face from us. He shows us if we want to see it. And so you have God covering. I love it. It's this picture of him just covering us, taking the responsibility to do that. In Psalm 140, 6 to 7, in the Passion Translation, it says, O Lord, you are my God and my saving strength, my hero God. 
You wrap yourself around me to protect me. For I am surrounded by your presence in my day of battle. Lord Yahweh, hear my cry. My, may my voice move your heart to show me mercy. Do you know that God answers when you call? Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Saved, delivered, protected, preserved, healed, made whole. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord. So what is God saying? I will answer you. I will answer you in your day of trouble. I will wrap myself around you. I love that picture. I just have, it's like him just going, here, wrapping, 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 all the way up. And I'm like, oh, I'm secure. You know like when it's cold and you wrap yourself in a comforter? You're like a burrito. I know it's lunchtime, so we'll make lunchtime references. But it's like that. You are, you are a burrito of his love. You are stuffed inside a heavenly burrito. Not that someone will eat you, but you get my point. But you're just surrounded by him. And I love how it says, my hero God. My hero, someone I can look up to. Someone who, who will come to my aid anytime. I mean, that's why we love superheroes. Because they're always there ready to save. But our God is real. He's not a figment of someone's imagination. And he is ever ready. When you call on him, he will answer. Amen. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. Under his wings. When we look at when we look at feathers and wings, of course, it, you think about birds, right? You think about eagles and doves and, and any, type of, any type of bird, actually. But when you think about wings, I always think about an eagle spreading out its wings. And it's, it's amazing. It's amazing to see. Actually, you've, have you ever seen an, an eagle actually flap its wings? Not really. Their wings are always extended. And they rely on the, on the air currents, the drafts to bring them higher and higher. I love that dependency because that's what we're supposed to be like. Completely dependent on him bringing us higher and higher and higher. Although we are hidden under his wings, doesn't that also make us, quote unquote, a type of bird? Because I don't see chickens covering cats. Or dogs. I don't see that. What I do see are birds will cover birds. Like kind. So if he's telling us that this is who I am, he's showing us who we are. To do the same. Amen? In Exodus 19.4, New Living Translation, it says, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians, God speaking. You know how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. He carries you. He doesn't just protect you. He carries you. In Psalm 63, 6 to 8, New Living Translation, it says, I lie awake thinking of you, meditating on you through the night. Because you are my helper, I sing for joy in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. 
Your strong right hand holds me securely. I love that picture of being in the shadow of his wings. Because you know, in that place, you're protected from a storm. You don't even really feel getting wet because, you know, feathers are waterproof. So when you're there and the winds are beating on the mother or father, you're safely secure under their care. You're under cover. And that's the best place to be, is to be undercover, under his authority, under submission, allowing him to be Lord as he is Lord over our life. And if he is king, then I need to hear what the king has to say so that I can now decree that upon the earth and see it happen as he wants it to. But we have this picture. In Psalm 68, 13, it says, Even those who lived among the sheepfolds found treasures, doves with wings of silver and feathers of gold. Passion Translation puts it this way. When you sleep between sharpened stakes, I see you sparkling like silver and glistening like gold, covered by the beautiful wings of a dove. I like this because we look at this, when we think about a dove, we think about the Holy Spirit. That's a type and shadow for us when we look at the word. When we see doves, we think about the Holy Spirit. And it says, we're covered by these beautiful wings of the Spirit. But in spite of sleeping between sharpened stakes, what is God seeing in us? The sparkling like silver. You know that silver means for us redemption? It means we were redeemed. It means we were blood-bought. A price was paid. And it says that we are sparkling with silver and then glistening like gold. Why glistening? Because the divine nature has now been imparted to us. We look like Jesus. He's in, he's in us. We're in him. But this scripture also pertains to Jesus. When you sleep between sharpened stakes, Jesus was asleep on a cross. Sharpened stakes, he was asleep on a cross. That's what death sometimes looks like, asleep, because Jesus didn't stay there. He didn't stay on the cross. He paid the redemption price. He was sparkling with silver. But when he rose again to life, he glistened like gold because that was the glory now on display. See, this scripture talks about our union with him. Our co-crucifixion with him, but I also believe our co-resurrection with him. Because in that, we now have the Holy Spirit that covers us, these beautiful wings of a dove that now cover us. And he, where he leads, we follow. We go. Amen. This same talk about wings, you see this being uh, prophesied in Malachi, Malachi 4, 2. It talks about that those who fear my name, the son of righteousness, shall arise with healing in his wings. And you shall go out and grow fat. This is not a bad thing. This just means prosperity. You will grow fat like stall-fed calves. Healing in his wings. 
It's not just healing for your body, but healing for your soul. Whatever you need healing for. Being made whole is available under his wings. There was a woman who had an issue of blood. We shared this many months ago about these wings. When, we, when the, the Jews would walk around, they would be wearing a prayer shawl. And the ends of those prayer shawls were considered wings. Remember what this woman said with this issue of blood. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. What was she saying? The son of righteousness was now, uh, has arisen with healing in his wings. The moment I touch it, it is mine. And the Bible records, she, he, she was healed when she touched the tip of his garment, the hem of his garment. She received that healing. The blood ceased flowing and she felt life again. Jesus turns around and he looks at her and he says, daughter, don't you love that? He didn't say, hey, girl, woman. He said, daughter. Your faith has made you whole. That word made well is made whole. And I believe this with all my heart, that what had happened in the past, everything that she had lost, God was now beginning to restore to her that very moment. Did all the money that she had lost those 12 years happen to come? No, but it was on its way. Because she had faith. And who did she have faith in? Jesus. Her eyes were on Jesus. If I can just get close enough to him, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, that's enough for me. And it was enough because healing happened. The miraculous occurred. When everybody said it was impossible, just touching Jesus, keeping your eyes on him, made the impossible possible. And healing flowed. Amen. And that's available for us today. This is that place that we find refuge we come under his wings, we find refuge there. And then it says, his truth shall be your shield and your buckler. His truth. See, truth is not relative. It's not dependent on what one person says. The truth is Jesus. Jesus was full of grace and truth. Full of it. Truth is what the word of God says. Truth is what the Father has spoken. We go to the one who created everything, not to the people that are created beings. That's why we always say, don't take our word for it. Go to the word for it. See it for yourself. Study it out for yourself. See what he has said. Because the words that he has released are stable, are faithful, are reliable, and they are sure. That's the truth that has been released these divine instructions. See, God is not a man that he should lie. He doesn't have to lie. He knows the power of the things that he's spoken. And the moment he speaks it, it has to come to pass. So God is very intentional with what he says. In Psalm 36, 7 to 8, it says, How precious is your loving kindness, O God. Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of your wings. They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house. And you give them drink from your river of pleasures. Psalm 119, 89 to 91. 
Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You establish the earth and it abides. His truth, his truth abides forever. His truth will always be that shield. And I love that picture of a shield and a buckler. What's the difference? They're both shields. Well, that shield is something that stands before you. It protects you where you're going. It's ahead of you. A buckler surrounds you. So it takes care of what's going on behind even when you don't see it. You don't need to know what's behind you. You just need to know who's taking care of it. And so he says his word that he's released will be your shield. It will go before you because his word becomes flesh. His word is life. His word he sent was Jesus. And Jesus went ahead. He went ahead of us so that he could close off what was behind us. So that we had a new future. A new future ahead. Says this in Psalm, I uh, know, Isaiah 58, 8 to 9, it says, Then your light shall break forth like the morning, your healing shall spring forth speedily, and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard, or he'll guard behind you. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry, and he will say, here I am. A lot of times we're the ones that go, Lord, here I am. But God's going, here I am. You called, I'm right here. You called, I'm yours. It's like blind Bartimaeus calling out to Jesus. Son of David, have mercy on me. And when he finally gets face to face with Jesus, Jesus asks him, what do you want me to do for you? And he, it, and he tells him. It's the same here. Here I am. What do you need? Here I am. Son, ask. Daughter, go ahead. You don't have to be afraid. Tell me. Speak your mind. Speak what's in your heart. God doesn't go, oh my gosh. No, he goes, okay. We're going to see how this works out, and we're going to do it together. But I'll end with Psalm 121. 121, 6 to 8. About the shield and the buckler to wrap this all up. But I'm going to read from the Passion Translation. It says, He's protecting you from all danger both day and night. You will be guarded by God himself. You will be safe when you leave your home, and safely you will return. So in your comings and your goings, God is there. He will protect you now, and he'll protect you forevermore. This is Old Testament. Where are we today? We're in Christ. And the Father will never deny the Son. If he says, I will watch over you, I will watch your comings and your goings, take his word for it. 
he does not lie. But if he's watching over us, he know, then we know that the steps that we need to take, he's ordered them. He's gone before. And whatever's happening behind us, I'm not going to worry. He's got my back. Amen? Did you receive something this, this afternoon? I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. For some of you, you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. God has actually shown you his protection. He's brought you to this place where you can hear about him and what he's done. He's protected you thus far, but he wants to continue to do it. But this protection that we're talking about as we come into that place where we say, my God, in him I will trust, becomes a personal decision that you make where you say, Jesus, I'm going to receive you in my heart today. I'm going to step through that door and be welcomed home, and I'm going to enter into the Father's embrace. And in that place, he calls me his own. Now, you, have, may, have, you may have received Jesus before, but you walked away. Well, today is a wonderful day to walk back in because the Father's arms are wide open, and he's saying, welcome back. Welcome home. Now, for those of you that haven't received and for those of you that might want to recommit today, I'm going to ask you on the count of three to raise your hand. And this is you saying, I'm going to step on in and I'm going to walk into this place where I'm going to call it my home and I'm going to become vitally connected to Jesus and the Father. And this is where my life will truly begin. One, two, thank you for your hands. And three, thank you for your hand today. You're lifting up saying, this is me. I'm not going to be shy about it. I'm going to be bold. Now, you're going to, you can put your hands down. You might be downstairs in the fourth floor, or you might be praying this as you're watching on Facebook. But we're going to pray all together. Repeat this after me. Father, I thank you that you welcomed me home today. As I stepped in through this door that Jesus opened for me, I take him into my heart and I declare him to be my Savior and my Lord. Today, I've been welcomed into your family and you are my father and I am your child. That will never change. And today, I can believe that I can be protected from all things because you love me. And that is your heart towards me. So I look forward to the days to come where I will get to know you one on one. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, follow us on social media or visit us at newlifetheforth.com.